Jesus evermore. Maybe see you. Good evening. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the time you've given us, your children, to come together here before you in prayer, in song, in word, and in worship for you and your holiness. Father, you are the only one that we can look to in worship. You are the only God. We thank you for that. We thank you most of all for your Son and your grace given through him. In his holy and precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So, I have some glasses. The first time I got these glasses, I didn't understand the benefit I would receive from having the glasses. I mean, I could see everything. Sometimes. Most of the time. But I did have some trouble reading the small print. It was hard to do. I went to see the doctor. He said, your left eye is weaker than the right. You need some glasses. Okay. So I bought the glasses, put them on, and it was weird. And I went outside. And at the office... There was a tree over here. I saw that same tree before I entered. When I came out, I saw the tree, but oh, it's different. I saw not just the tree, you know, a green thing up on top and brown on, on the bottom. I saw the trunk, the branches, and the leaves moving from the wind. It's just blew my mind that I could I missed so much detail I thought I was seeing fine I seen everything good enough sometimes good enough is not enough as we look at the world today what are you missing how are you Interpreting what you see. You know, in that we see it, and in our mind, we interpret it through our own experience and history and or understanding of things and how we interpret what we see happening. Today we have a lot of things happening. Different places, wars, wars, gossip of more wars. Questions pop up. Okay? I'm born a boy. Do I stay a boy, grow up to become a man? Or do I like, like changing a coat, become a woman? Does a girl born raise up and become a man? Or whatever they want to call themselves. How do we see that? When does life begin? Conception? birth, or maybe as I'm learning now, when the kids grow up and move out. So, 
we have so many conflicting ideas, so many conflicting concepts and happenings. We can see one thing and everyone can understand it differently. And sometimes our difference is not just a small thing, but so far separated that we can't work together to fix this, to understand this situation in the same way. And we don't want to come together. We want to stay on our team. There are so many different ways to see the world and see the problems that we face every day. How can we do that? Can we find one answer? Can we find a few answers that's good enough? Or can we find one true answer? Years ago, at this church building, I received my first personal Bible. And on the inside of the Bible, of the cover, was written a scripture from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8. It says, The grass withers, flowers fall, but the word of God endures forever. I saw that at that time... I recognized it, but I didn't think a lot about it. And after I was baptized here, I left. And of course, life happens, and I find myself back here again. But this time, with more want of his truth. I want to invest myself in his word. I want to learn about him, so that way I can understand what's happening around me. This scripture became more and more important for me. The grass, the flowers, they're temporary. They go away. The problems in the world are temporary. The riches in the world are temporary. They go away the same way. But the word of God, that endures through all time. When you truly understand this simple scripture, that can give you something to depend upon, something to hold. And you know it's not going to, when you try to depend, it's not going to disappear. God's word endures forever. You notice I'm doing this forward and backwards. That's forever. Always was and was and always now and always is in the future. His word does not change. It does not change with popular opinion. It doesn't change with the times doesn't change for whatever reason. His truth is always the one truth. So we look at the Bible 
course, we have a lot of books. We have the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the first four books in the New Testament we call the gospel books. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And these, the Old Testament speaks about something up in the future that's going to happen. The other parts of the New Testament speaks about something that happened back. The four gospel books is where it happened. Jesus was born, he lived, went to the cross, died, buried, resurrected. That's the gospel story. That's God's plan. His plan set in motion from the first time in the garden, Adam and Eve, when they were lied to by the serpent. Jesus was needed, required for this plan to happen. And it was a hard plan to accept. Yes, for Jesus, but he accepted. But before that, he prayed. My Father, if it's not possible for this cup to be taken away, if I don't drink it, may your will be done. Jesus felt the same as us at that moment. But he knew God's plan. He knew the future. Required him to suffer for us. God's will could not be finished any other way. Jesus needed to go to the cross to finish God's will. In the same way, for us to follow God's will, we need to go to the cross ourselves, yourselves, not to be sacrificed there. Jesus finished that for us. But we need to go to the cross. We need to interpret what we see through the cross. And this will give us a completely different way of seeing and understanding what's happening in the world. Whatever doubts, frustrations, lies, whatever experiences the world just throws at us, we can see and understand. To understand and see the cross, we need to understand some of the different characteristics the cross has. That'll help us. We can start with the fruit of the Spirit, but I have a different list. We'll look at a few of these. We could spend all night and all day looking at the characteristics of the cross, but we'll just speak about a few tonight. The cross. This is a place of love. Can you imagine that? A place where people were killed, hung them up on a wooden tree, and left there to die slow in suffering. But this is a place of love. For God so loved the world that he 
gave his only born son that whoever believes in him would not be lost but have eternal life. The cross, this is the place of sacrifice. Ephesians chapter 5, 2. Live a life of love. Love others just as Christ loved us. He gave himself for us. A sweet smelling offering and sacrifice to God. Normally you think of the cross as a place of punishment. But this is a place of sacrifice. It's also a place of humility. Imagine God himself in the flesh allowing us to take him to the cross to kill him there. But that's not enough. Before that, we beat him and insult him. But he humbled himself by being completely obedient to God. And yes, that caused his death. Death upon the cross. The cross, this is a place of peace. Ephesians chapter 2, 16 through 17. Through the cross of Christ ended the hate between the two groups. After they became one body, he wanted to bring back both to God. He did this with his death upon the cross. Christ came and brought the message of peace to you non-Jews who were far away from God. He brought this message of peace to those who were clear, near to God. We can have a peace, whatever's happening. It doesn't matter what's happening. We know, we see in the world today, a lot of things happening. Some terrible things ha- happening. And it's not new, not the first time. But we have peace through Christ. Whatever happens, we can face it with him. The cross is a place of joy. This place of punishment and death is truly a place of joy. If you understand the cross and what happened after, you can find that joy. In Hebrews chapter 12, 12, 2, we must never stop looking to Jesus. He is the leader of our faith. He is the one who makes our faith complete. He suffered death on the cross, but he accepted the shame of the cross as it was nothing because of the joy he could see waiting for him. Whatever's happening will not continue. It's short, same as this world. It's short. If you can see through this chaotic mess we have, you can see Christ Jesus waiting for us. You can see the joy through it. Denial. Luke chapter 9, 23, he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple, disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. The cross is not just for Jesus alone. 
If we are to follow Christ, again, we need ourselves to go to the cross. Pick it up. Follow him. The cross is a place of repentance. We know the story. Jesus being hung on the cross with a thief on one side and a thief on the other side. Two criminals. And they are both insulting Jesus on the cross. Later, one repented. He had a change of heart, a change of mind. And he said, you should fear God. All of us here will die soon. You and I were guilty. We deserve to die because we did wrong. But this man, Jesus, he did nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, remember me when you start ruling as a king. We know Jesus said, you'll be with me in paradise today. The cross is a place of repentance. We can't stay the same and expect a different result that the world gives. We need to have a change heart, change of mind, a change of life. The last one we'll see here tonight, the cross. This is a place of power. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, for the message of the cross is foolish to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, this is the power of God. You notice it says the cross is a place of foolishness, but who's that for? Not Christians. Those who are on the road to die, to destruction. For us Christians, or people who we can lead to Christ, this is the power to save. If we look at the cross and we only see the death of Jesus there at the cross, if we, I'm sorry, if we look at Jesus' death upon the cross, we can see all of these characteristics, characteristics and other characteristics of Jesus while he went, lived, and he went to the cross. But if we look only there at the cross, we would miss the most important thing that ever happened since the creation of the world. We would miss out on why Jesus went to the cross. Jesus did not just go to the cross to die for us. John the Baptist said about Jesus in John chapter 1, verse 28. Next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him. And he said, look, the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God who removes the way the sin of the world. Jesus went to the cross remove sin to remove my sin to remove your sin to remove all the sin in the world the penalty of sin was death that's the one thing 
that stop man. It started back in the garden again, Adam and Eve. If you eat this fruit, you'll truly die. We've been dying since. But now we have an opportunity for life. Not just uh, 60, 70, or whatever time we have allowed here on this earth, but home. Life eternal. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 17 and 19. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those who have also fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we of all people need to be most pitied. Jesus never promised an easy life. This world he's not truly concerned with. It's what happens after this world. To be home. Where's home? With God, with the Father, with Christ in heaven. If we didn't have that, well, faith is empty. But again, Jesus did not just die and stay dead. If Jesus stayed dead, he lied. He is not the Messiah, not the Christ. We have no hope in him truly. Be a good teacher, a good philosopher, but his teachings are lies. That's not what happened. Jesus did not stay dead. In John chapter 2, verse 19 and 21, Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews said, required 46 years to build this temple. You will raise it up in three days? They missed what Jesus was speaking about. They're speaking the temple of his body. That's us, his church. How we interact with people that we meet, how we see everything that's happening around us, how we act, how we speak, how we think, all needs to be filtered by what happened there at the cross and after the cross. This needs to be our measure that we use to discern what is right, what is wrong, and what we can see in this chaotic, messed up world. The Apostle John saw this when he looked not only there at the cross, but he saw after the cross. In the book of Revelation, chapter 5, verse 1 and 4, 
And I saw the right hand of him who sat in the throne, a scroll with writings on both the front and the back, but sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, who is worried to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one was worthy to break the seals, open the scroll. No one in heaven, on the earth, under the earth, could open the scroll. They couldn't even look inside. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll, look inside. Who was speaking? A mighty angel. But he's not strong enough, not right, to open the scroll. And see the world, everything we have. And sometimes we look at things on the world and we just stand in awe because of what we see, the majesty, the strength, and the beauty of it. But that's not enough to open the scroll. With the Hubble and other scopes, we look way out and we can see far out and see beautiful, wonderful things, but found nothing that could open the scroll. This scroll, this is God's plan for salvation. All of the heavenly hosts, no one was able to fulfill this plan. Verse 5, Then one of the elders told me, Do not weep. See, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, is triumphed. He is able to open the scroll in its seven seals. Sounds pretty impressive. The Lion of the tribe of Judah. Then I saw a lamb. Looked like it was dead. Standing in the center of the throne, encircled by four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns, seven eyes, that were the seven spirits of God sent out in all the earth. He went and he took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. The lion sounded impressive, but we have a lamb. Not just a lamb, but a dead lamb. In Revelation chapter 5, verse 9, and they sang a new song, saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and opens its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God persons of every tribe, language, people, and nation. And you made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God. They will reign on the earth. We follow a lamb, a lamb that died for us. The glory of the cross is that it removed the power of sin, the power of death from a result of sin. This is a humble sacrifice by this lamb. 
That lamb is our Lord and Christ, Jesus Christ. Our Savior died, was killed upon the cross. The lion became a lamb. Became a sacrifice for us. This is the truth. This truth you need to hold on to. You need to look through. When we see what's happening in the world, don't look through your old eyes. Don't look through your fleshly eyes, worldly eyes. Look through the cross. See the resurrection and see past that into the glory of hope we have in Christ Jesus As I said before, I have glasses. I do not receive the benefits by looking there at the glasses. <laughs> Better. Now I have the benefit of looking through. And these glasses help me to see clearly in this physical world the cross, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ will help you to see better through the spiritual nature of God wants us to see. This needs what we need to use this as a measurement of what we see and how we interpret what we see. We see everything through this gospel message of the cross. How do you see the world? Do you depend on your politics? You depend on the spiritual life without Christ? That's dead spirits. Do you see the hope of life? So I sign life, alive, life. When I sign Holy Spirit, this is spirit. When I sign life, that's spiritual life. So you see me signing up here, sometimes alive, life, spiritual life. That's the difference. Again, we need to set our hope on something that we can always depend upon, something that does not change God's Word. We are flesh-minded. We have flesh eyes. But we have a limited view, a limited understanding. You need to look through the Spirit. Look through the cross. Look through the resurrection. Look to Christ Jesus, not a dead, buried lamb, but a lamb that Saved that was able to open the scroll of God's plan. This is where we need to see the world and how we, we fit in the world today and how we can receive the benefits of God's plan for us. The question now tonight, how's your vision? You having trouble seeing is it hard to see the cross of Christ? Is it harder to see his resurrection?
Do you need help? Prayers? Do you need baptism? Water's ready there. If whatever you need, please come while we stand together and sing.